0: You're listening to After Daycare Drop-Off, the podcast for working moms like you and like me. Today we're talking with Leslie, a married mom of one who's working in strategic community outreach and communications. Let's check in with her. Hi Leslie. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, first things first, I want to acknowledge that you are at least not paying 100% attention to the Oscars instead and in talking to me. You are 100% correct.
1: So I-, I appreciate <laughs> you. I'm okay. I like to do the the follow-up after. I just like the outfits anyway. So
0: it's It's much more efficient and then you get the full rundown of People who wore the same outfit and everything.
1: Yep. The highlights are way better. Fits more better <laughs> in my time frame, to be honest.
0: Right. Well, I'm going to digitally cheers you right now. What are you drinking tonight? Yes.
1: Um, I am drinking a nice Zinfandel. Nice. I actually got it. I actually I've been saving this bottle, so this is a very special occasion. <laughs> Happy to provide a good excuse.
0: You sure did,
1: but I got it because I went to see Hamilton, and right after is when I found this bottle, and it has Hamilton on it, and I was just like, it's a sign. This is going to be great wine. I'm going to get this and save it for something special. So I love it. Cheers. <laughs> well, I'm drinking my normal boxed wine,
0: just usually rotates between <laughs> brands and styles, but
1: I, think- I can enjoy a good boxed wine as
0: well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what it is I think it's a Pinot Noir either way it's delightful (laughs) and so aside from it being Oscars night I just want to dig right in and check in and see how you're doing because rumor is that both of our toddlers decided that today was going to be
1: more challenging than other days they did, yeah. I'm doing great now. We we just <laughs> made the deadline. I had to cut story time and but it was good. We we did bath night as well tonight and he got to watch a little bit of the Hulk before bedtime. So I think that was I call it the bedtime turn up. They okay. sense that we're trying to calm down and get ready for bed and they're like, nope, I'm gonna take it all the way to a hundred. Oh, and man. that was what we, we got. So see
0: our our kids are the about the same age and Anna will be two at the end of March. And your son will be he you know, he just he j- turned two in October, right? Yep.
1: He yeah. October thirty first, Halloween baby. So there you go. he's two almost two and a half, I guess. Oh my yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I kind of depend on I'm gonna depend on you to be the preview of what is to come. Because it's she's like those uh, Sour Patch Kids commercials. First they're sour, and then they're sweet. <laughs> and it's so true
1: <laughs> for toddlerhood. Yeah. No, they're one minute, they're looking at you, and they're doing exactly what you told them not to do. And then Grayson loves to come up and grab my face and say, I love you, and give me a kiss. And then just run away like, it's okay now. I didn't do anything bad. It's fine.
0: I think they teach them that in daycare. I, I swear. This look of just like, you're not mad at me. It's okay. Yeah. What Anna will do when she is, um, when she's knows she's doing something wrong and you catch her, she'll just say, hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, mommy. <laughs> And I'm just like, well, yes, hello. Also, stop it.
1: Get off of the Yes. Table. <laughs> exact. Well, G- Grayson likes to then repeat me. I'll be like, Grayson, I told you to stop. Did you hear me? He goes, did you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like perfect timing and today. I'm just like, what is it? Why are you two years old and this like much of a challenge? I'm not ready. <laughs> I know.
0: We were certainly not
1: this way. I, I I refuse to believe anything like that. He right. does get the. Per- I'll take credit for the personality, but none of the bad. I'm always like, calling this is your kid. This is exactly, your <laughs> exactly. Well, it's super easy to
0: get in the my toddler stories thing, but this is yes. this is our time, and I want to hear about you because I, I heard it before I became a mom, but I just didn't listen because you know I didn't care. But you don't get to, you don't get to talk about what you're doing as much because it's always about like the diapers and the fever and growth charts for the kids and not quite so much about you.
1: So no, you're um, exactly right. You forgot poop. Don't forget the poop. Yeah. Well, that was in the diapers. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yes. That's in the diapers too.
0: But I noticed something and I want to, I want to hear a little bit about how you found your way into the career path you're pursuing right now but I want to pre-congratulate you because you're hitting your 10-year post-grad anniversary this year.
1: I am wow yes which I
0: which I feel is like a really big milestone professionally like something happens I think
1: um well I don't really experienced (laughs) I know owning you know what you're doing I feel like I actually know a little bit more like what I want to do um, when I grow up so to speak and yeah I actually hadn't realized it had been that 10 years it kind of comes with that entering the 30s too comfortableness that I'm really liking so thank you but yeah it's yeah (laughs) I guess so this career path I don't this is always a fun question because I'm what I'm doing now, I really do love so much, but I had no idea that this was the way um, at all. Take me all the way back to college. What did you think you were going to do for money
0: and for, yeah, okay. for joy, right? Right? No,
1: it was about money. You had it right. Yeah. It's yeah. still kind of about that, but we're able to see past it a little bit more now. But no. So in college, I went to IU. Go Hoosiers. Whoop. Um And I majored in African-American studies, and I got a minor in biology and human resources. And I always say, basically, I started pre-dental, took anatomy and chemistry in the same semester and quickly found out that was a horrible mistake and that I no longer cared about being a dentist and looking in people's mouths and said, let's find something I enjoy. (laughs) You're like, this sounds terrible. (laughs) It it was absolutely the worst semester. I mean, I enjoy, I love the science and behind it. That's why I kept the biology minor and still kept a lot of those classes. But yeah, no, I'm not. I was not going to be a dentist. That was not going to be the way I paid my bills. And so I kind of stopped thinking about that. And I had some really great professors. One um, who was in one of my African-American studies classes. And he really got me to learn in a different way and read differently and analyze what I was reading a little bit differently. And I just enjoyed it. And so I said, you know what, I think this is going to be my major and whatever happens happens. Um, and yeah, I went with it, graduated in four years because that was important because I was paying for school. Yep. But got it done, got the paper, and my first job out of school, well, I worked all through college. I was a framer, a certified framer, while really? I was in school. I lost art. I miss framing all the time. Every time I see something in the store, now that I have a home, I'm like, ooh, I would love to get that frame. And I'm like, hmm, that's $800. Maybe I'll <laughs>
0: rethink that or do it myself.
1: So you were a framer
0: at, like, a legit place, not, like, a craft store that has frames.
1: No so I was a framer at Michael's. Okay. But I like to think I got a little bit like extra special training because the guy that trained me Alan I appreciate you shout out. um, (laughs) He actually owned his own framing store and just with the way things were going market this like business wasn't steady. So he had to find something else. And so I learned a lot of really cool techniques that techniques that I learned when I switched different stores that they were not teaching students. So Uh, I feel, uh, I felt pretty good about it. And he had a lot of customers that used to come to his store all the time and then followed him to Michael. So we got to frame some really cool old sweaters and jerseys and that's um, fun. canvas painting. So yeah, it was a really cool experience. That's a good skill to have anyways. And, and I, for a while I thought, man, what if I just take this and I can frame. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Alan's here because his shop didn't do that great. So maybe <laughs> we'll find something else. Well, the economy's a little better today. I it too, is. I too
0: graduated in that time period of suffering. <laughs>
1: It was rough. So yeah, I graduated and there were no jobs. The economy collapses. And (laughs) I moved back home and I actually got in a sales position. I worked for um, a post-secondary school and I will keep it unnamed because it was an awful experience. And what they were doing at those schools was really hard to like morally get behind Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel they were truly educating students. They were just trying to get dollars and it's unfortunate. make it make sense yeah it was really sad and I so once I kind of realized that um after I got really good sales training and kind of got that corporate setup I moved I actually met a really good friend and they were like hey you're a good people person we need someone that knows the city and loves people to work for um Mayor Ballard our former indie mayor um his reelection campaign and being, you know, kind of young and just like what's oppor- what opportunities are out there, I went and I interviewed and I actually I had never done anything in politics, never done anything um, with working for the city and took it and ran with it and got to I was the outreach director and I saw every event, every neighborhood meeting, every um fundraising opportunity you could see in the city and it was it was great I loved it I learned my city even more and the campaign won so I found a position with the city
0: and, and then it just
1: kind of snowballed <laughs> <laughs> and then it was good finally <laughs> we did and so then uh, yeah I'm like in communications with the city and learning new things and Learning about snow trucks and plows, and having a great time, met a wonderful network of people, including Natalie. She yeah. got me in the stormwater world, but yes. no, it it was great. Like I just have truly been really blessed and worked really hard, and have been able to enjoy what I've do- what I've been able to do along the way. Nice.
0: And now that I think about it, too, like I've I've not worked on a campaign, and I think. I'm gonna, ta- I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a pass here and say since I'm a mother now and I I can't do those hours. Um, yeah, but oh my gosh, but it's kind of like a master's program, really, to
1: work for a campaign. I, uh, I so I would say working on a campaign is like for the most part it's about a year, but it feels like five years of like actual work. <laughs> the experiences you get the people you meet the learning curve like it feels like you've been in an industry for five years but... okay maybe doctorate then sorry
0: yeah <laughs> but just thinking about like the depth of knowledge you get and like if someone needs you you're, you've got to be there like if it's going to be something that starts at five in the morning you're there
1: all the way to midnight done and...
0: yes the hours I could never
1: have a family um at least I guess in that capacity I was in and I'm really glad I was in that place because I was able to give it my all and I was for able sure. to stay late and go early. So it was perfect at that time. But I feel like to do that job now would be extremely sacrificing for yeah. The family life for sure. Yeah. But you've and personal life.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you've maintained a career in I'll call it public service, right?
1: Yes. And yes.
0: So What has has kept you in public service so far?
1: I mean, the easy answer is the people. I really do thrive off people and helping people and really bridging that gap between just your general everyday citizen that's just, you know, working and trying to be there for their family and bridging that communications gap to how their city develops, how things are fixed and how they live in their city and my job has been able and has been to communicate what's going on and how to get around and navigate processes and try to make that easier and more accessible and so to see the reward on people's face when that light bulb clicks or they see that they can actually get something fixed or it's not what they thought that's that's been the driving force of I can continue to do this this is like I it gives a sense of purpose that's a good way
0: to put it because when you think about like corporate opportunities like you have customers but they're buying whereas residents like they're they've bought it because they live there but
1: it's they're depending on you for a lot of things it's true and not everyone gets there, it's not always, there's not always time to do that. And so I feel really, really honored to to have been able, when you go to all those meetings and you're doing outreach and trying to tell people how great the city is, how great this, this leader is for a city, you really have to dive deep and believe and know that it is. And I had that opportunity and saw it function really well. And so that was something to be able to share and like help people to get to that point. is is just been really great. And I've been able to do it in other ways. So after working with the city, I was able to move to the state and I worked for the civil rights commission and that, that agency serves the whole state and tells them, you know, our files, discrimination complaints and shares the information about our rights and you know, what we legally are um, able to do in the workplace and when getting a home and in schools. And so it was just, it was crazy how many people don't know some of these rights and then being able to help them kind of find some solace and or um, restitution and some of the ways they've been wronged was great. Like that was really fulfilling.
0: Yeah. Like there, there's so many different ways to help other people like that. Most of the times I think folks think of like first responders or Mm
1: -hmm. medical as like
0: the helping roles, but I'm with you on advocating for good government opportunities, giving you the ability to help others with your talents.
1: Yes, it's good. And the learning, like I said, the learning experience is wonderful too. Like it goes both ways. It serves others. And it serves you because I say I say, if campaign was five years in a year, <laughs> yeah, the state is like um, one year is about, I would say, a couple years in corporate world, if not more. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you, you can't
0: say, I mean, for better or worse, you can't say no to projects because, like, your taxpayers or your members, for my case, are, are depending on you.
1: Yep. And you've, it and, adds a little, it, I would say it just adds a little bit of incentive to, you know, really do a good job. For sure. And when the pay just, isn't there.
0: <laughs> right, right. Wink, wink to whomever wants to fix that. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, you have to probably raise taxes, so that's not going to happen. But. No, I'm not
1: advocating for that. I that's know. why I like to find the bigger...
0: The bigger yeah. value, right? <laughs> right. No, I don't want to pay more taxes either because I live here also. Um, I like where I live. Right. So one of the perks, I will say, like, if for, you know, you're always recruiting for your colleagues, wherever it is you work. But one of the things that I tell people a lot of times is I don't really believe, especially with being a parent, work-life balance being a real thing, but there are some perks with uh, public service that you're not always expected to work ridiculous hours, I'd say. And that, at least for me, has given me opportunities to explore other things, whether it's volunteering or doing things like this podcast or just being able to pick up my daughter before rush hour. But I've noticed that you've spent a lot of your free time volunteering on boards and other endeavors like that. I'd, I'd like to hear first, how did you even? Get introduced to that opportunity and continue to stay so engaged.
1: I was bamboozled <laughs> <laughs> when you're young and impressionable. Right? I was too nice. Someone said, Hey, you seem smart. You're energetic. How about? <laughs> and you're like, Oh, tell me more about how I'm so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I was like, Oh, flattery. Yes. What are you doing? No, no. Um, it just goes back to that root of being able to kind of help bridge the gap even for nonprofits then and how to get things done and good service and so many people you'd be surprised there are really great people around but so many people just don't have the time the knowledge or really the willpower to to give to groups that do really great work so one of the first boards I joined was with Free Willing community bikes and At the time, me and uh, my husband were extremely avid bike riders, we loved bike infrastructure, we wanted everyone on a bike if we could, so (laughs) it only made sense to help this program that was showing youth how to build bikes and earn their own bike and bike safety, and it was in the community that we really appreciated and supported, so it made sense, and I I. Yeah, I pretty much was like, oh, I didn't know to ask, is this a working board or an advisory board? (laughs) Do you have money? Do you not have money? I didn't know to ask any of those questions yet. And that was something I learned. But I had a really good time and was able to contribute, you know, some of the talents, some communication. You know, a lot of nonprofits are like tiny staffs. So Mm -hmm. you're an extension of those staffs. Of that staff. So yeah, it was I got to learn a lot about nonprofit world and deadlines and staffing people and working with other volunteers. So that's another crash course in experience and experience. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I I had a lot of fun with that with that group and what they did and understanding when it's your time to say, okay, I I did my I did my bid. I gave what I could Oh yeah. Through that was learning. That was always great. You talk about work-life balance. I think service balance is important too. Yeah. There's, you know, you volunteer. There's. It's okay to say nope. I can't do that. Or it's time for me to take. You know, move on to the next thing and make sure it's still fun and you're still able to enjoy that time. You're, you know, volunteering or away from other things and people you care about. Mm -hmm. So. And
0: that's a good point, too, because I recently stepped down from a volunteer position I held for almost six years. And it was very, very rewarding, but I found at least when it came time for me to put that aside, I just my heart wasn't in it anymore. And I think knowing and saying, okay, that that commitment of my life is complete now. I think I've left it better. Then I had it when I had it initially, but I think now, like you said, my time and talents are better used in another place. And mm-hmm. at least for me right now, that's just work and family and personal pursuits like this, but acknowledging when it's like time to let someone else
1: rise. Yes. And I will say that's one thing I want more for Indy is for kind of that succession plan and people mm-hmm. to bring Along in these organizations, but I was with you when I first had Grayson. I, I mean, I was in a lot of stuff. I was doing a lot of social things and on boards and working crazy hours. And to, and I had I realized, oh my gosh, I have to kind of stop. And I didn't want to think that I had to stop. I was like, no, I can do it all. And realizing it's okay because like I need to have a full you know I need to have a full take to do what I need to do every day to provide for my family or help provide for my family and to be like here and present for my kid and at the time feed him and nurse him I was just like I don't have the energy to to extend and that's okay and yeah it's that was a transition for me I'm really I'm just now kind of understanding it and able to kind of ramp back up and give and find ways to give back and
0: get back to some of that volunteerism yeah. so. well and and sometimes it's not only traditional volunteerism where you're like signed up and you've got a board meeting every month or whatever, but there's other ways to do things too. You mentioned bringing people up, and mm-hmm. I think that's so true as far as obviously stepping down from a board if you have completed your, you know, your task because there's lots of folks who've been on the same board for like decades. Forever.
1: And Too long. Like,
0: can I please, can I try? Yeah. Uh, I'm smart. I swear. Tap me little in little coach. Bit. Tap
1: me in. Right.
0: But there's, there's also that bringing others up through your work, but then also either formal or informal mentoring opportunities. Um, At least I hope so, but some of the women I worked with in my volunteer role, we still stay in touch and talk about issues and aspirations, and um, as do some of my prior interns with work. And then at my organization, we have a formal mentoring program, too. So I'm kind of getting that fulfillment and feeling like I'm sharing, you know, what knowledge I feel confident, you know, passing along, right? Um, Yeah. And kind of being that sounding board in that way, then more one-on-one, you
1: know, interaction, which I'm finding to be really, really fun. That's the best I've noticed. Well, for the longest, I was worried. I didn't have a mentor. Like, no one that said, I'm your mentor, and we're going to be on a call, you know, this much, or we're going to meet and plan out your future. And I was kind of worried. I'm just like, what's happening? Like, why does anyone want to mentor me? and And I did i was I really did I was questioning like what is what does this mean, and I don't know, I read a few books and they talked about like don't ask someone to be a mentor, right like they have to communicate that, and I feel like once I had my child and I kind of went through some different things career wise, I was more than happy to share and to talk about experiences, like learn from me and and it was really, really nice just to and so many people listen because I especially with motherhood and working and being mm-hmm. a mom. There's so much that just isn't talked about. For sure.
0: What yeah. what is the thing that's been the most surprising to you as far as like it's like the secret club that you kind of get you get the highlight reel because at least for me, people didn't tell me a lot of things that happened to you while you were having a baby or after the baby and then mm-hmm. I asked them um hello friend why did you not tell me this really <laughs> weird or d- disappointing thing was gonna happen to my poor body yep and they're like well we just didn't want you to freak out and I'm like knowledge is power did we not watch <laughs> the same like pbs shows like when we were kids like come on
1: <laughs> yep, it's I different. felt the same way. Um, well, and I guess uh, before you have kids, you don't go around asking. So yeah, you, don't, you know. don't know, right? You don't know to ask, like, hey,
0: how are my boobs gonna look? Like, <laughs> oh my,
1: huge, <gosh." laughs> right? Right, totally they're gonna
0: be, different. But but then I think back, and the movie Knocked Up was right. They're gonna get really big, and then they're gonna go down, and then they're gonna stay down, really small. And that yes, that,
1: it's true. It's true. <laughs> they're gonna stay down. <laughs> they do I'll never forget I was like oh I love so I've always had smaller boobs so I'm like oh okay this is really nice like oh these bras are just looking like they're doing amazing things and then yeah you have your child especially if you're able to nurse mm-hmm. and go through that process man Lego from being always just voluptuous and or too voluptuous to right literally non-existent so yeah it, <laughs> it was <laughs> Get ready for that. I know. It, it, yeah.
0: Anyone who's listening who's not yet have their kids, <laughs> you're welcome.
1: Yes. No. Like- the biggest. I think the biggest thing. So I have two. I have one thing that has been very specific, and I always tell people. So I did a lot of research going into giving birth or or labor because I. Was on a crazy spectrum. I never actually wanted to have a child. Like, I wanted to have children, but I didn't actually want to go through labor. So, I never really looked at that. And I went from not wanting to to being fully in and was looking at having a doula and doing water births and all natural remedies. Like, oh, I went man. to the extreme. So, I learned a lot about labor and I felt pretty good going in. I didn't know, and this is very random, but I had a great labor. I had a great, I had a p- great pregnancy, great labor, but after birth, <laughs> it never occurred to me. Like I was just like, oh, the baby's here. Like we've done it. Yes. And this not may not be for everyone. And I didn't have an epidural, so I felt everything, which I I was happy to do. It helped with pushing, but that afterbirth, no one per- no one says anything about these things. They push you. <laughs> really firmly and to be honest that hurt and it was a shock she just said oh I'm gonna you know make sure we get all the blood out and fluids and so she just pushes down and it was the most painful part of that time I was just like what just happened to me that's probably because you didn't have drugs (laughs) it's totally I know that's why that's what I said if you have drugs you're probably doing great yeah. But no one told, I thought I had done. Everyone's like, oh, you ain't no drugs. That's so hard. Oh, this is the yeah, worst part. That, I mean, it's, I mean, it was definitely hard. And I had a really, like, beautiful labor. Like, I was, I was not hours and hours. Like, I went in same day. And it was very, like, I went in there, what, 5.30? And he was there by 2 in the nice. afternoon. Nice. Only about an hour of push like hard pushing so it was good. I will say I had a very, very good experience. There are plenty of women that go, wait, I'm like, how do you do that? So we are all phenomenal in that <laughs> regard. Well but see after
0: afterbirth... I was delusional. I was like, I don't want to do drugs. Like I just want to try it. And my husband's like, come on, we all know you're gonna do <laughs> it. And I'm like, no, I am awesome and I can do this because that's how God made me. <laughs> I yeah. was like, so indignant which shocker I know right but I was just like no like that we're meant to do this so why couldn't I do it and um he leaves to go to the bathroom and no sooner does he leave do I actually get like a really good contraction because before my water broke and we had to come you know like I didn't have contractions yeah. with it um and I'm like mother mama, like <laughs> get me that drugs. it was like I became like i don't know like a satanic shrek or something like, yeah. <laughs> something happened and i became a monster he wasn't there and i was like what where is he for so long <laughs> and he had gotten locked out in the lobby because it was like nighttime by that it was like maybe 11 or i don't know 10 something and it, he, got, he got locked out because the girl went to to get food and she was not available to let him back into the birthing area.
1: <laughs> wow. And I'm like, yeah. give me the epidural. No. You're like, give it to me right <laughs> now.
0: And, and I mean, like, all the books are, you know, what to expect when you're expecting. And you're like, I don't, where's the YouTube video? But I did have a girlfriend who, while she was still, like, high on her meds from giving birth, she was, <laughs> like, I, you know, sometimes you're like, this person, I can get them to tell me anything at this moment because they either had like a couple wines or you know, they just had a baby, mm-hmm. and they're all like, whatever. But I was like, Rachelle, tell me what what happened. How did it go? Explain to me. Cause I'm pregnant at the time. So I'm like, give me the four-on-one. And this is her <laughs> second kid. And so she just laid it out. She's like, look, the placenta is gonna come. It's it's fine, it's not gross, but you just gotta do it. And I'm like, oh my God, what? And poor Tony was freaking out because he just was convinced it was going to be some massacre situation. And I'm happy to report <laughs> it was fine. It's
1: not right. It's not this massacre situation. I kind of thought it would be, but I watched a few bursts. So I, I, and I asked Colin to watch a few. He was, was not happy. He was not happy.
0: I, they did ask if we wanted like it was like a live stream, like it didn't record. It was like back in the day when they do the mirror. We did not. I was like, no, I don't. You didn't do it. I did a mirror. You didn't do a mirror? No. I
1: did a mirror. I got that to. level of detail. Well, somebody told me that they push, they push, they push, and then they finally got a mirror, and they were able to see, like, basically, like, what they were pushing for. And, like, they did, like, two pushes after that, and the baby was out. And I was like, well, I want to see what I'm pushing for. Like, I need to be, that sounds like me. And, like, motivate, yeah, like get the get the cake at the end of the race. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's a good it one. helped. It helped. But I also had it recorded and I like I was very in. I was very in it. I'm glad I, <laughs> I'm glad I was. It was
0: good. You had it recorded? Yeah,
1: I did. And
0: do you watch it?
1: I have before. <laughs> do you cry? Um, no, to be honest, and maybe I'm a weirdo, but I was very, it like is my who run the world moment. Like I'm a huge Beyonce fan. For those of you that don't know, I have to put that out there. So the whole time I listened to Beyonce music, I was very I sang and music was my like focal point. Instead of like a thing, I had music. <laughs> play well, and you didn't
0: have any drugs, so like you gotta be belting
1: it out and like Right. Oh, enemies. I was they heard me around. They're like, oh, you're the one singing. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. I but, can't believe I've never heard this before. i I don't know why we haven't talked. I love my birth story. I try to tell it all as much as possible because people don't tell their birth stories. So I'm always like, "Yes, I want to know." But no, I sang Beyonce the entire time, and so when I watch that video, it kind of it gets me a little hype. Where I would try, I watch snippets. I can't watch the whole thing, and I haven't made it one big thing yet because it's a lot. So I like the snippets. But, no, it's it's kind of empowering. I don't tear up as much until I see there's a couple of photos after that were really emotional because I was very, like, I need my baby, like, give him right here." And then they almost had to come and get him. She said, hey, if we don't get him out, we're going to use the little suction thing, which oh, I terrified man. me. Yeah, because, well, I just didn't want the cone head. I go, no, no. <laughs> You're like, I talked to I talked to him. I said, Grayson, I was like, "It's time to go. We got to get out of here, okay?" And if you listen, that's how I knew we would have a really good relationship. We were gonna make it because he listened and he got out of there. So we were good.
0: That's so funny.
1: Well, yeah. you
0: you were so worried, and and Anna had to be whisked away for a minute too because she had gone to the bathroom prior to. So they were, she mm. was, was good to go on that, but. I had to have the um, what I forget what it's called the medicine that makes you go into labor because again she went to the bathroom and is
1: that pit- pitocin is that what it's
0: something yes. yeah that's probably why i was like give me the drugs cuz it was <laughs> like immediately like 80 miles an hour but so what's your what's your other thing you said okay the afterbirth/placenta slash situation having to like get that going
1: and so and i'm in inter- I mentioned that in my, I think, in earlier when we were talking, but the breast, I, so I was able to nurse. Yes. And I didn't realize, like, I kind of knew that that would be, I was hoping that I would be able to, I was very pro it, but, like, the transition from your mind of, I can't actually do this, do I want to do this, and getting my milk, no one told me getting my milk was going to be so painful. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I gave birth. This is, like, I am in it. I'm good. Like, I'm set for life. Nothing can get me. Getting my milk was extremely painful. And like, I massively sore swollen? It was like my chest was on fire. Oh. I, it was like a burning, like a blaze. Like, I felt like a phoenix or something. Because oh, they were man. just big and engorged and flaming I just had no- and nothing like there was nothing to change it and then you already have kind of the nipple issue because you've been trying and they've been getting the pre things but yeah that was something that I and maybe it's not like that for everyone but no one said that no one talked about getting your milk no one said oh this is a painful experience like get ready I just thought oh it just shows up it'll be here N- It was painful for me anyway. It was, like, flaming painful. I think some of the
0: stuff that they cover, like, we did a couple very quick of those um, pre-birth classes. Like, we did, like, CPR and then, like, a general one because it was like, oh, crap, we should have signed up for this. Like, the immediate, immediately when you get your pregnancy test and you say, yes, you're pregnant. You need to sign up for these classes if you want to take them because they're full from, like, your <laughs> hospital. And they did not cover the whole milk situation either. They just said, oh, well, just keep trying. Yeah. You can come to lactation support group if you need to. Yeah. Like, drive your butt all the way down to the hospital. You know, that's not convenient <laughs> when you have a tiny baby and you're like, I just want to wear sweatpants or a robe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yep. I... I did not have the burning, so I, 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 I feel for you because that sounds terrible.
1: But it was not pleasant. It, green, pleasant it, pleasant it didn't last more than a day, so I'll put it out there. It wasn't, it it did stop, but it was just so unexpected. I w- And I was really like, what is happening? I get on my phone, I'm Googling, I'm like, what is happening? I asked my, the doctor when I see them again, they're like, oh yeah, you can do that, but you don't want to put too much cool on it because then I could slow your milk. I'm just like, oh, like, mm-hmm. yeah. but those were the two things I was completely <laughs> side, like blindsided, completely blindsided. So,
0: Well, the breastfeeding doesn't always like lit up when you go back to work, right? Oh,
1: because- that was the end. I had a very, I was actually very, very um, blessed to have time. So I, I went back to work right after and then I was, I stopped work and was off for three, about almost three months. So I didn't have to deal with like day-to-day pumping and all that, like in the office. And when I went back to work, that was what really kind of ended breastfeeding because I was, I couldn't do it. I had a pretty demanding job and my meetings were back to back and it was just not, I like, I, and I know you make time and it was just really hard to make time. And I would be engorged all day and I was just like, okay, we've made it. I made it 10 months but I was really happy at that end to 10 months to to stop because it was really hard with work. So I agree. Cause at least for me, like I have
0: space to do it and I felt fine and carving out the time, but it it was, I always just felt so messy all the time Mm -hmm. because like, you're always peeling your clothes off and thinking, what am I going to wear that makes pumping less, tragic and that (laughs) you're always going to get something on yourself and then like your bra is soaked by the end of the day yep and at least for me this is one of the things this is like not really like birth and motherhood exactly related but i just felt so sweaty all the time (laughs) and like pre-baby no problems you know the same deodorant I used ever before and worked just fine but then after you have a kid all your hormones are jacked up they and I just, are like milky and sweaty and like <laughs> my clothes are disheveled and hot even like even now it's like I my overall setup and other things like that like I switched deodorants and it's like I don't smell like a bad like bad but just Things that worked before do not work anymore.
1: They do not. Your home, your hormone imbalance definitely changed. Yeah, I would, like all the I way through,
0: all the way through hair products and like lotion that you know actually moisturizes or doesn't moisturize as well. Like it is different.
1: Yep. Like a Just know you might be a little bit of a different person as far as like your chemical makeup, right? Like your body, like it's different. So tell me a little
0: about a bit about what do you do for yourself? Cause for me, I'm, I'm trying some new things that I'm happy to share, but this is about you. Um, I want to hear about some of the ways that you got your busy career where it sounds like you're doing evening stuff when it makes sense or, you know, is alongside what your initiatives are. And obviously you and your husband like to spend time together and you want to have your evening routines with your son and, weekend fun times but like what do you what are your go-tos for kind of
1: having that
0: present time
1: yeah so oh and it's really hard and I'm not as consistent as I would like to be but I have to give a couple shout outs first because first off I have a great partner that allows me to if I need to work late or if that you know, some networking thing or meeting like he or volunteering, you know, I'm on these boards. He's really supportive and flexible and scheduled to really let me engage in that fully and be there fully. So I appreciate that so much. Thanks, Colin. I love you. Uh, (laughs) Partners are awesome. Um, I have a really good family support system. So like we haven't, we haven't really had a babysitter no one hate me. Please don't send me daggers. I stay <laughs> by my family. They live here. <laughs> but they've just been really helpful. So when we do want to do a date night, which is really important, and we do um, as often as we can, I would say we manage, like, twice a month, which is really helpful for me to just connect and feel like a married, like, halfway attractive woman. Like, <laughs> it is important. <laughs> but I – I would say the the most important part. I just always have loved people and networking with people. So being able to keep those commitments, um, to be able to have some type of like resemblance of a the person I was as far as like the outfit and putting on makeup or maybe going to get my hair done. So I try to uh, subscribe to those self care things. I go get my nails done when I really need some time, or um, I. I used to love baths, so I'm a huge bath person. Bath bombs, I would do all the things. I loved baths, but my new home, which I love, does not have a bath yet. So I've had to find other things from what a bath would be. So I do different, you know, really nice showers and I found like aromatherapy to put in or, you know, diffusers to put in there while I'm in to help with that. But A bath used to be my go-to, so now when I can't do that, I sit and get my nails done or go get a pedicure or just sometimes just, like, having a happy hour to myself, and I never would have done that before I had a child, but I have definitely gone and gone somewhere close to home and just said, I'm going to have a cocktail or a glass of wine and just really be with myself and learning to be with be comfortable by myself and with myself and just relaxing in that quietness is definitely something I try to do anytime that I can. <laughs> Isn't that so funny how, like, and I think you'd re- agree with this,
0: it used to be just like you have to be with someone, whether it's your friend right? or boyfriend, husband, like who at whatever stage you're in at that moment, like, you don't want to be alone. Like, I would never want to eat by myself, but... A few weeks ago I had a doctor's appointment and I was like, well, it's about lunchtime, I'll just get something to eat and I sat at Chick-fil-A by myself <laughs> and read a magazine for like an hour
1: and it was the best. Amazing, right? It's just you don't you didn't realize like well first off, kudos to you because it's nice to know you're a good date, like right? Like you're so <laughs> like being with you it's like excellent oh, company. I- I'm cool. I can hang with myself, but <laughs> it's really nice. But no, I'm with you that I just actually had my first, it was the first time, which is weird to say. in two years, my, yeah, two years. It was the first time I was home completely by myself. Like Grayson was gone. Colin was gone. I was home from work at a decent time and it was just me. And I, for- I was kind of freaked out. I go, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What? what I do with myself, and quickly I was like, oh, anything I want, and I made a nice, or had a nice dinner, and I had a nice shower, because I couldn't do a bath, and I watched bad TV, and I went to bed early, and it was just (laughs) the best thing ever, it was wonderful, so. (laughs) It was probably so quiet. It was, it was, it was weirdly quiet, which I am I very much so feed off people, and love being around people, so. I've never thrived in the quiet, but I've definitely grown to appreciate time with myself and reflecting time and quiet time. So, yeah, I have as much as I can get that, or and just really put that in perspective and know that I'm doing the most I can to kind of maintain and be at peace and being unapologetic about it. That's the hardest part. I feel like there's. Sometimes a guilt, oh, I'm now, especially if it's on the weekend when you're, quote, unquote, supposed to be home. Right. It can be hard to say, no, I'm going to go and sit and have something for me or socialize with someone that really is interested in what I'm doing and just revel in it. And being okay with that has been a process, but it's been really nice and it makes me better when I come home. So
0: Yeah, that's a good point, too.
1: I found it's really helpful
0: also, like, This is more for during work hours, but getting away to a place that's nearby that you find to be beautiful or calming, Um, Mm -hmm. like, depending on where folks work, like, there's usually a library or, you know, for you and I, if we're in a downtown area, there's lots of good options that are publicly accessible, but a really pretty hotel lobby, like, they don't know I'm not staying there, but yeah. <laughs> they're always beautifully designed. They have Wi-Fi if you need it for what you're doing. And they might have a coffee place or you can just bring your own, but just changing your setting sometimes and either using that as your lunchtime or just taking a break or, or, or taking work and just getting out of your normal area can, I think, really help.
1: It's true, and this is like – I feel like this is super – maybe cliche or corny, but I've actually been doing it more and it's been really, I'm like, oh, this is beneficial. So I have an Apple watch and I get these alerts to breathe. Oh. And I'm like, huh, did I like, like that breathing exercise? App? Like what is this? But it does, it recommends like exercises and just like repeating like deep breaths over and over and when I'm at work and I can't exactly you know just get away or I need a different perspective I found that actually like and listening to my watch and doing those exercises being deliberate about my breaths, and then like thinking how do I feel afterwards it's it's so it feels kind of cheesy when I first thought about it. I was like breathe what are you saying but it's truly been very helpful. Like, it, I can't describe, but really taking time to be deliberate about the breaths you're taking, being really quiet in that time, and then coming back to it. It doesn't take long, but it definitely adds a better perspective. It's been really nice. See, I don't have
0: a, an Apple Watch, but I've been doing something similar, but getting up and meditating for, I'm not kidding, five minutes? This so- just
1: this week. Just this I last week. week, I would it's say I amazing. guess this breathing is kind of meditation. Oh, but so that's yeah. one thing I want to get into a little bit more, and haven't quite made that leap because I feel like my brain is always like, even the breathing is hard. But I feel like I'm telling myself how to breathe and making sure I'm you know in my nose, on my mouth, and feeling my body expand. But I want to get more into a more. Um, deliberate meditation that's like the next thing I've just heard anyone I know that's successful, you listen to all these podcasts, that's Mm -hmm. what they say, do right (laughs) exactly. Well, that's that's part of it too, is that at least
0: for me, I find that I don't get any pretty much quiet time, like my even if it's not talking, my brain is doing something, whether it's what do I need to do tomorrow, or who would I need to call, or Mm -hmm. what's this idea I'm working on because. I don't know if you're like this, I think you are, but <laughs> I'm always working on something that's like going to be really cool. Yeah, This podcast or something at work is just always a thing that I'm just thinking about all the time. And it it's, there's no quiet and good stuff comes out of the quiet sometimes. And trying to make yourself be quiet is very hard. Yes. And so it's been nice to start the day with forcing all of those random thoughts out of your mind and just kind of it's hard because it's like you have to be your own coach to not think while not thinking
1: Uh, I'm gonna have to sit on that that's my biggest thing is I because you're right I am I'm always doing things and thinking and or trying to shut it down so yeah the meditation has been hard but that's something I definitely want to grow into and work on and have been looking for good advice on that so (laughs) and I hear the morning is really well but I haven't quite mastered that because I feel like Grayson knows when I wake up it's really weird he's if I move too much he's like mom mom wake up time (laughs) like
0: how did you oh he knows he knows yeah Anna will do that too, but I just set the alarm for five and just
1: say, fine, I'll get up. Yes. Well, I don't know if you're... We haven't... We've been really good with not sleeping in the bed, but... If he's in the bed, it's even worse. So, yeah, I'm really trying to – we've been really good. He's been doing really well in his bed. But getting him in his own crib so that I can have that time. And then actually getting up because then I'm like, no, I just need to take the sleep when I can get it. I can mm-hmm. get some sleep. So it's Like,
0: Ariana Huffington says sleep, but all these other people say, get up. Get up. <laughs> who do I listen to? <laughs> who, who is the most reputable? <laughs>
1: Well, I will say my body normally goes to sleep always um, <laughs> unless I have something very specific to get up for. Yeah. I'm sleeping.
0: It's so. hard. Well, before we finish off here, I want to know what's your advice for anybody who wants to get involved on a board or well, your activity?
1: Yeah, no. So I have a couple of things. So I will say the first question you need to ask yourself is, Really, what time do you have to give? What treasure do you want to share? Whether that's um, actual monetary, or I think there are intangibles that you can share that are just as valuable. And then what is that talent that you're going to add to a board? Because that's important, because you're most likely going to be an extension of that staff. So examine those things first. Um, Shameless plug so I am on my third year of chairing Indievolved which is a great event at Central Library this June 13th but we bring over 100 nonprofits to the Central Library downtown um, with nearly 2000 young professionals and I use young liberally so don't feel (laughs) like you'll be out aged if you want to get involved you should go. but it's a great way to align what your passion is and what those talents and treasures are to a nonprofit that is looking for that help. Um, And I think that's always the best way to be who you are when you're making those connections and deciding to give your time. Cause you wanna have fun and you wanna like what you're doing and you, because it's work, it's never, I mean, it shouldn't be easy because you're helping this this comp, this group, this organization, these person, you know, be more um, efficient and better and, you know, more financially stable. So you're giving all these things to this group. So you want to enjoy it and want it to be really deep in value. So I would say come out to IndieVolved and just mingle around and try some things on and volunteer with the group first. A lot of times we think, oh, I want to be a board member, and that's really great, and a lot of groups are looking for that, but know about the organization and volunteer a little bit beforehand. I've definitely jumped in without doing that and wished I had. You learn a little bit more about what's going on and if you're really going to mesh with those, those people and those volunteers and drive with that mission. So those are the things I would say is definitely analyze what you can contribute find a event or a group that is going to engage with these nonprofits or different organizations around the city, and then really take the time to volunteer and get to know them better.
0: That's a really great way to put it too, because especially if someone's not working in a job that they're maybe like pumped about, or if they don't want to use those same skills for their volunteer role, that's a really good way to kind of position your mind going into an opportunity.
1: Yep. And it's, and it is, and I've noticed a lot of people that are like, no, day to day I do this. I want to give, you know, I want to learn something different. So, you know, give something else. And I think just understanding what that looks like is super important before you go and jump into, to to being there. So I didn't do a real good plug. Let me, let me put my communications hat on. So go to, (laughs) indiehub.org um indie 14 is the 14th year but it'll be June 13th from 6 to 8 at the public library mark your calendars i'm going to try to make it cuz i need to do something <laughs> community based it's <laughs> and it's fun you can have a beer you get to, we have radio stations good music it is truly just like a fun time like bring a friend bring a coworker and just come enjoy yourself and you meet a lot of great people along the way so awesome well thanks for joining me leslie great to catch up it was awesome i appreciate it It was a great chat and i i didn't do too much damage on my bottle of wine in case you're worried i'm doing all all right but this was great i appreciated it and i hope it was helpful for some some moms and non-moms absolutely thanks leslie Thanks. thanks have a wonderful night you too
0: Thanks for listening to After Daycare Drop Off. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Leslie, learning about how she translated what was going to be a career in dentistry to a career in communications and public service. For you indie listeners, please check out the Indievolved event on Thursday, June thirteenth, 2019 at the Central Library. It's a great opportunity for you to find an organization that could really use your skills. They're waiting for you. As always, music by Tobu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please also go to iTunes and rate and review. It helps everyone find us who might really be needing to hear what our guests have to say. Also, find us on Instagram at After Dropoff. Drop Off. Join our community, have a conversation with us, and let us know what you're up to. Until next time.